all have sinned. All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. Therefore, unless you are convinced, my friend, that you have sinned, are unworthy, absolutely unworthy before God, you cannot possibly understand what Paul is talking about. Hello, hello, good morning. Uh, welcome, welcome uh, to our discussion on the Rome, on the book of Romans. As we have said, um, we said at the beginning rather, this book is just tremendous. It's absolutely uh, deep and comprehensive. Uh, and we also did mention that um, many of um, our, our, our church fathers uh, from the um, first century, second, and, 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 and onward, became Christian as a result of reading this book. This book has transformed our world and our lives. And I pray that it will transform our world and will transform our church, our families, and ourselves as well. Uh, so welcome. Let's continue to read uh, the book of Romans. Uh, today we are reading chapter 3 of Romans, um, continuing from last Sunday. Chapter 3, verses 21 to 31. Shall we pray? Father, we need to be refreshed. We need to be re-energized. We need to be taught over and over again. We need to hear the wonderful words of your love, of your plan for our lives, of our future. Help us, Father, to be attentive to what we are about to study this morning. And once we have heard the word, help us to understand it and to live by what we have been taught. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. So let's read uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 31. And uh, the topic is righteousness through faith. But I'm, I've, I'm calling our, uh, our title, But Now. But Now. Now, and, and um, it says in verse 21 then, But now, a righteousness from God apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that, that came by Christ Jesus. For God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice 
because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand and punished, he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is a boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we, we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Praise be to God for loving us so much that he gave his, to us, his son Jesus Christ to teach us the things that we are learning now. And may God help us indeed to believe, to believe what is written in this book. Our life depends on it. And so last Sunday, um, we, 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 we terminated at uh, uh, Romans 3.20 with this, well, in a state of suspense, shall I say, because uh, verse 20 ends by telling us that um, the law had revealed the sinfulness of man, that we have all sinned, and nobody becomes righteous by just observing the law. But then um, the, 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 the remedy had not been offered, had not been granted. And today we are going to, to be looking deeper into that. And so our title is, But Now. There is hope. But now, after revealing our sinfulness, but now, there is a solution. Our title is drawn from verse 1, which begins with the words, but now. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Verse 20 ended a section which began in chapter, chapter 1 of Romans, verses 16 and 17, where Paul says that he's so proud of the law for the reason that it offers salvation to all who believe. The apostle then proceeds in verse 18 to make that terrifying warning 
that the rod of God was being revealed against the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of the world. From that point, uh, up to the end of chapter 1, and then from chapter 2 up to the early parts of, um, of chapter 3, Paul goes to prove that the wrath of God, due to the sinfulness of mankind, is applicable to the Jews as much as to the Gentiles, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, as we are going to see presently. Paul proves beyond any reasonable doubt that no man can ever be saved by good deeds. And no one can ever, because no, um, um, no one can satisfy the demands of the law. Let me, let, me, let me repeat that. No man can be saved by good deeds, even the ones prescribed in the law of Moses, for the reason that no one is really able to satisfy all the demands of God's holy law. No one, in other words, can ever be holy to the extent that they don't have any sin whatsoever. In this world, in the next, that's different. The purpose of the law was basically to make people aware of their sin. Right? Now, in the past, the Jews thought that obedience to the law alone made them righteous. Now, Paul shocks them by saying it doesn't. The condition of man is therefore utterly hopeless. Your sin, our sin has been revealed, but there's nothing available as a cure or remedy for our sin. And what is worse, the wrath of God is revealed against all mankind, so mankind is doomed to destruction. Is there is anything that can be done? Happily, something has already been done. There is some good news after all. It is not for nothing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is called the good news. The good news is what Paul now begins to discuss with us with the words of chapter 3, verse 21, when he says, but now, from that point of helplessness and hopelessness, there is hope. But now, says the apostle, a righteousness from God has been revealed, which actually has always been present. But now it has been declared, you know, it was declared in the Old Testament, by the prophets, and by the law itself, but the people were too dull to understand. They were too dull to understand. This is the good news that Paul is now conveying to the church in Rome and to us today, the people of the world today, including the church. 
The message to us is this. None of us is righteous. None whatsoever. But all of us have sinned. And so, sometimes when we give our, some of our church leaders the title of holy or holiness, uh, we, 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 we are just flattering ourselves. We are flattering them. The Bible says none of us um, um, qualifies to be called holy in that sense, in, in, that, in, in the sense of being perfect. All have sinned. All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. Therefore, unless you are convinced, my friend, that you have sinned, are unworthy, absolutely unworthy before God, you cannot possibly understand what Paul is talking about. We cannot understand the whole question of grace or salvation by faith. We cannot understand the, the whole concept of salvation by grace. We cannot understand what faith is all about. Because, which is, because, because this is actually the, our discussion. Now, the Jews boasted that because they were children of Abraham, they were not sinners. Jesus shocked them when he told them that they were, he, he doubted that they were sons of Abraham. Why? Because they were about to kill him, even though he had done nothing wrong. Now, Abraham would not have done that. That was in the book of John chapter 8. Many of us think that because we were, we were raised in a Christian family, because we went to Sunday school, and because now we are going to church, you know, regularly, therefore, we are Christians and children of God. And some of our churches are encouraging us to think that way. I'm telling you, we are wrong and they are wrong. Some time back, I mentioned how I had met an elderly lady who had, uh, who had retired back home after serving here as a missionary. And, uh, that she, had, and she told me that she had come to, to Africa believing she was a, a Christian, but she, to her shock, utter dismay, she discovered while she was here that she thought she was a Christian because she came from England, from, Europe, from Britain, uh, and she was raised in a Christian environment. Therefore, she came, she was qualified to come to Africa as a missionary. My dear friends, I am aware that many of us are like this good missionary lady, and I was once there too. So do not allow yourself to be deceived. Salvation can never be inherited. It cannot be obtained by association. You know, we don't, we, we don't become Christians because we go to church. We go to church because we have become Christians. No one becomes a Christian except through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Not even our good deeds will save us, my friend. Take Cornelius, for example, a Roman soldier 
He had a reputation of being generous. He was always giving to the poor and all that. But that did not earn him salvation. He earned a commendation from God, but not salvation. So God sent Peter to Cornelius' house. And when Peter preached the gospel, that is the only time, that is then and only then, that Cornelius and his household understood the gospel and they, were all, and they, all, and they believed and they were baptized. This is what Paul is talking about, my friends. That is what he's telling us all today who believe that we are Christians. We cannot just come to Jesus to seek his help, as many are doing today, without allowing him to deal with our sins. Because that is our main, that is the main problem, our sins. Just Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. If you're not, if you are not hopelessly lost, if you don't feel hopelessly lost and utterly helpless, then you have no need for Christ. You're okay, you're perfect. But do remember that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no other savior. So in chapter 3, then verse 23, for categorically declares that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, you know, which means they have we have fall, fallen below God's standard of righteousness. The law has come, but we are unable to keep it, to, to keep it and do what it says. The law reveals that we are all terrible sinners and we stand condemned to eternal death. And there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. There's nothing anyone can do to save us. Whether we admit it or not, therefore, we are indeed in a state of helplessness and hopelessness. We are under the law of God. We are under the wrath of God, I beg your pardon. But now, but now, says Apostle Paul, there is some good news after all. God has done something great about man's sin. Yes, there is a way in which all men and all women can be declared not guilty in, in God's cost, court of justice. We can be declared not guilty of sin. It is the way in which sinners, and the only way that sinners can be made righteous. First, this righteousness can be obtained outside of the Jewish law. In other words, you don't have to be a Jew or even pretend to be one in order to receive this righteousness. It does not depend on keeping the law. It doesn't. It is not earned by good deeds. It is a righteousness that God has revealed through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, let me add that Paul does not mean to say that God has just discovered 
this can be done. That sin can actually be dealt with. That righteousness can actually be conveyed to the Jews and to the Gentiles. It is not that God has just discovered, you know, by saying that now a righteousness from God is being reviewed or has been reviewed. It's not that just has realized this. This was the content of the entire law in the Old Testament. In fact, the entire gospel, you know, of, in the Old Testament was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it taught salvation, but as I, again, as I said, people are too dull to understand. So even before God created the world, God knew that men, that we would sin, and he had already planned for our salvation. We should thank God, really. And that plan is still here with us. It is there. And it is contained in this Bible. It is available to all sinners right here and now. God's only way of salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why as far back, uh, I mean, that, that, that's why I said before that, uh, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul at the beginning said how much, how proud he is uh, of this gospel because it's the, by the power of God for the salvation of all people. And, 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 and now I think the, um, and now he, he, he comes up to this point where he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that is the point, that is, that is where we are all, that is, we all, that is where we all are situated, my friend. We all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And God's wrath is revealed from heaven. And there's nothing we can do about it. And there's nothing anyone can do it. But God, by his grace, you know, by his special favor, has given us righteousness in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died our death for us so that we who believe, anyone who believes, may receive this wonderful uh, salvation and be declared not guilty. And furthermore, be clothed with God's own righteousness. That is how we get saved, my friend. So we were created in God's image at the beginning to reflect his glory. But instead, we declare our own glory. So when we think that we have not sinned, we may be good people, very gentle people, very kind. But we continue to love ourselves, you know, to shine our glory rather than ours. We are living for ourselves. We do not give God the respect and the honor that he deserves. Because of these things, God is not pleased with us. Therefore, we will not receive the glory that God has promised to the righteous. You know, we are justified, but we are justified freely by that grace through which is declared in the gospel that Paul is so eager to go and preach in Rome. So, this is the good news, my friend. We call this grace amazing grace because it is truly amazing that uh, without doing anything for ourselves, God loved us so much that he gave our, uh, his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross 
that whoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. My dear friends, this is the message today. It is for you and it is for me. It is for all of us. But let me specifically speak today to those who have not yet believed in, the, in God's Son whom he sent to die on the cross for our sins. Let me invite you to his cross this morning. Let me urge you, my dear friend, because time is running out, tomorrow may be too late, to call on this Jesus right here and now. Jesus loves you, my friend. And he wants you to be a beneficiary of his blood that was shed at Calvary and the day that he died. He wants you to share in this wonderful salvation. He is ready to forgive your sins now if you call on him. Ask him to come into your life. Acknowledge that you have sinned and fall short of God's glory and God is angry with you as he's angry with the entire world that hated his son and crucified him. And yet he's ready to save them if they repented of their sins and asked for forgiveness. Amen? This salvation is here and now, not for me, but from God. It is available not by obeying any law, not by your big, great, huge offerings to your church projects. It doesn't matter what you are being told there. Nobody gets blessed for giving money to the church if they are not sinners, if they are still sinners. God's rather still upon your head. So let us humbly come to the cross of Christ. Let us admit we have sinned and fall short of the glory of God because this is what is written here in this book. And you will be saved. And you'll be declared not guilty in, the, in God's cost of justice. And he'll clothe you furthermore with his own righteousness. Amen? This is why we call this the good news. Believe it today. And make this salvation your very own. And may God bless you. I thank you for listening. Father, how I thank you for this wonderful good news. I pray that those who hear this message will not only believe in it and be saved, but they will go and tell others what they have discovered in Christ Jesus. That those others too may come to Jesus and receive this wonderful gift of salvation by the grace of God through faith, through our faith. And this I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, the loving Savior. Amen. Amen.